0: Howdy, friends! Welcome back to Experience Design with Tony Dosat. I happen to be Tony Dosat. Whether this is your first time tuning in or you've come back for more, I want to thank you for joining me. And if you find value in what you're hearing, please do take a moment to subscribe and leave a review. It's always greatly appreciated. And with that, what do you say we jump into the interview? Will Patterson, first of all, Thank you so much for being on the show. I can't thank you enough. You're in London. I'm here in Texas. Part.
1: <laughs> it's all good, dude. I like it. It's, uh, it's cool meeting new people and seeing new faces, dude.
0: I got to tell you, I've been following you for years now. I mean, years, Will. like You yeah. started, you were just like a little thing
1: yeah man (laughs) it's it's a bit strange isn't it how it all came to be a bit bigger than than uh than i thought so yeah
0: (laughs) so let me let me ask you well before we jump in if if you by some chance um are living under a design rock and haven't heard of will patterson he's a logo (laughs) designer a hand letterer crazy youtuber author speaker and seemingly all around good guy. And so far, you haven't disproven that.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. That's that's quite a, a resume, as you guys would call it over there, or a CV. As ah,
0: a CV, as, as you would call it there, I imagine. Cur- Curriculum vitae. Oh. It's a bit of how... French, I think. Dude, that sounds so much smarter. <laughs> Let me just bounce into... Now, you went to university, right? Or did you not?
1: No, I'm completely self-taught, yeah.
0: That is incredible.
1: I couldn't even get into uni.
0: Wow. And so did you just start freelancing immediately or did you start the YouTube channel first? What was that genesis?
1: Well, so it's a funny story. But basically what happened was that I went from sort of college studying how to become a secretary. I thought the course that I was going to do and college over here is not university, it's just college after school mm. when you're about 16 to 18 but uh, I, i thought i was going to study business like you know how to run a business start a business turned out i was just learning how to become a secretary which isn't a bad job but that's uh what i was doing so i quit that after two years It was like a three-year course because i just couldn't be bothered with it and um i basically said i want to be a designer um I had a really strong feeling to become one. So what I did is I just, uh, instead of going to university because I had no grades to get into uni or there was no real point in me going and racking up debt for something I didn't want to do at yeah. the time. So I was like, well, instead of that, over the next few years, I'm just going to learn design at home. We're going to try and read some books. I'm going to try and you know learn online, learn on the internet. And then from the genesis of the YouTube channel, what happened was I was searching online how how software works and how design works. I was just practicing. And then I'd always run into these like uh, problems in like Photoshop and Illustrator. Mm -hmm. So uh, if I wanted to do a certain effect or do something, I would search it online and there would be no tutorial. There'd be nothing, no one talking about it. So I would work it out myself. And then once I've worked it out, I'd make a video and put it online. And that's basically how it started. I would just put out content of tutorials and things. And it became more of like a marketing thing because people were seeing that right. and marketing towards people who were searching to do it for themselves. And then when they couldn't do it, they would just hire me to do it. And that's where my sort of revelation of this could become something came about came around. Yeah?
0: And man, has it exploded for you?
1: It has. Yeah. I mean,
0: I'm so proud of you actually Crazy. because I'm, oh, also, thank you. I'm also self-taught and um so speaking of self-taught what are those tools that those people that are self-taught can learn what should they be doing you know if they want to be a designer uh, like yourself
1: uh, ooh, it's, a, it's a hard one so um I sort of just fell into mine um because i had a direction and i knew the internet so i i came around it from a business perspective of i'm better teaching myself because i learned more so the tools that i used again were just like youtube videos of people i can't remember any of the channels really back then it's kind of like these like photoshop tutorial things and that would spark me interest but then not only that there's like courses online from like places like skillshare there's like linda udemy loads of courses online um nowadays i'll just say this i'm probably jumbling my words up but like nowadays you don't really need to go to many courses there's so many like online resources now it's ridiculous so many people teaching like even sub niches in design such as myself who do logo design and hand lettering it's like a completely crazy thing if you're new to the design uh industry and you want to learn to get into it the tools are right in front of you on the internet just get in contact with like or become, become connected with someone who's teaching you online so like you know subscribe to someone on youtube or read books read blog posts and the biggest tool of all is backwards engineering so if you The biggest thing I get taught is what I taught myself was if I wanted to achieve that effect, such as like, you know, designing the Twitter bird or something, how did that person design it? Well, I'll try and backwards engineer that by by taking the finished product and working out how they did it. And then I can put what the lessons that I learned from that into like my work, you know, and that's how I worked out. you know.
0: Now, let me ask you, This is sort of pivoting into more of a broad strategy for a logo designer like yourself. Sure. As these things come out, like Fiverr, and I know you've done your part in videos about that. um, Sure. And this idea that companies are looking to spend little to nothing or have an automated service do their branding, you know, it's plug and play and commoditizing this craft that you've so developed over the years and other designers as well. How do you combat that?
1: Uh, I don't really talk about it. I was going to do a video, so it, um, I'm trying not to rabbit trail on this because I could talk about it till infinity. But AI and place like Fiverr, uh, they will never compete. They can't. It's, it's like going to McDonald's or Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. Like, the people who... Can afford Gordon Ramsay's restaurant will still go to McDonald's if they want to go to McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it depends on their uh, perspective. The biggest thing I always tell people is that I am not worried at all. Like, uh, AI can like design stuff. Great, that's that's cool. Um, They can take a brief and they can do it within a few minutes or like even in a split second. Or they could gather data to for that you know for the customers in that market you know, and they could create something cool the difference being is that ai although it can create uh, it doesn't have no matter how much human element we give it it can't learn the human element yet so there's choices and failures that humans can make that result in good design and a lot of people have the back backwards thinking that design is making good choices when in reality, design is about taking good choices away and taking paths away so you have one narrow path. I talk a lot about how design in every like field is all about narrowing down someone's option of what they can do. This is why Apple have been so successful. And another reason why they've been uh, receiving a lot of flack is because they narrow down what you can do on the phone to give you the best experience of the options that it's given you. So for instance, logo design, again, is a minimal thing. If you're designing a minimal logo, like the Apple logo or whatever, Mm -hmm. you've got to, you don't want to be adding too much to that. You want it to be as simple as possible. Now AI could do that, and people on Fiverr could do that, but what they're forgetting is that when you hire someone as a brander or somebody does branding or to brand your company, design your logo, Uh, you're not just hiring their skills, you're hiring them and the way that they see the world and the way that they are personalized around you. So basically, I always say people hire me based on my personality, not necessarily my work. Because I've had people who, like companies who want to work with me and they've never seen any of my logo as I work. They just want to work with me because of what I can do for them from my personality.
0: Can they find you on YouTube or something?
1: uh youtube agencies online you know a lot of different people contact me in different ways so i'm not represented by anyone because that would just get weird um you can get like hand letterers who are represented i tried that I, i looked for someone but then i figured i didn't like it was like being employed I didn't like that it's mm-hmm. probably a a pride moment there but yeah basically people just like hire me uh through my emails that go to my wife and to other people and then it gets like reviewed so kind of like you know with the podcasting my wife does the emails and then she get. we've got this little system going where I can just do this and then she can do the rest with other people's help as well depending on who's in the project right does that make sense i think i've just rabbit trailed all the way out of that
0: (laughs) i had a my my question was also a tangent but um yeah going back to what you said do you do you find that as a young designer they might have a harder um hill to climb than someone like yourself who's a little more seasoned
1: no not at all like let your work do the talk uh your like, people hire you based on your personality and your work uh if you get content out there on to, into their face you've got a good personality then you're you're more likely to get work there's a difference between uh what i do and what someone in-house does as a designer because yeah. like i know a few people who work in-house in a lot of uh places like churches and you know i offices or whatever, and they work for companies in-house or in an agency. Difference being is like they like the nine to five and they like to be working together with other people in projects. Difference with me in regards to that is mine's a completely different thing. So I, I just design for companies that I wanna work with. Yeah, I make more of a decision and I only work with companies where I have like an actual say Regardless of their emotional response, because I know what I want to do for them, so it's more of like a what I do is like more like a selfish thing, in the sense of I know it will work if they don't mess me around and tell me what to do. Right. I don't think I don't think young designers are going to find it any more difficult. Uh, in fact, I think it's easier now than ever before. It was very difficult when I was younger because uh, um, it's not like one day I just like started getting clients. It was making choices that would lead me down that path of getting clients. And it was a uh, understanding that, that learning and teaching is the same thing. You're just constantly receiving information. And if you want people to respect you and in the industry, and if you want people to come to know you like yourself, you know me, you, you give value back and you, you take yeah. what you've learned and the lessons and you give it back. And so, in that sense, they're not having to go through the the things that I went through to learn what I learned. They're just getting told by me. So, I think in reality, it could be a lot easier if I was like, if I was like ten years younger now, it would be mm. a lot easier for me to do what I'm doing now. Aside from the whole YouTube thing, that's like a completely different thing.
0: Yeah, that's a beast now. Yeah, now let me <clears throat> let me ask you. You mentioned um, that you would make the choices and that you are self-taught and that you've you've had this journey this is something i've been thinking about a lot and is a bit heady if you will do you believe in luck
1: i'm not superstitious I, i've got faith so i'm a big christian but i'm not like superstitious in any way
0: you consider luck superstition
1: yes so like, you know, you have a lucky day because you did something or you have a lucky thing with you. That to me is like superstitious.
0: Dude, I think I'm with you. Yeah? I think I'm totally with you. It's something I've really been grappling with. And I I don't think I believe in luck.
1: Yeah, I don't think I believe in it. I think you can be blessed. And that's yeah. a word that you could use in two ways. You know, one way is I always say I'm blessed regardless of what I believe, which is. You know, I think God's blessed me that I'm alive, for one. Like, what the chances that we are here? Yeah, Which is mental. No matter what you believe, the chances are crazy. So that's blessed. It's not luck. It's just, you know, we're here. And then secondly, I've got a job that earns more than five pounds a day. Which, you know, if you earn more than five pounds a day, you're richer than like, most of the population of the world. So that's right. not luck. It's just perspective.
0: Yeah, I love that. Perspective is everything. Yeah, man. Okay, so um, about those five pounds a day, (laughs) (laughs) if you could give three words to the key to a successful self-employment, your own business, what would those three words be?
1: Uh, So I think um, consistency is huge mm. um, I'm just going to rattle them off so one yeah. consistency support so you need support mm. being humble whatever the word is in that oh. in that way of saying it yeah
0: humility humility yeah, all right now let's unpack each of those let's do it all right consistency. <laughs> why, yeah. so why is consistency important
1: so consistency in nowadays if you're going to do a small business or generate content online which is going to drive business to you which everyone should be doing like in no matter what you're selling or servicing people uh consistency is huge being consistent in front of people and uh, generating content or consistent in doing your job means that you're going to have a consistent payback not only for advertising but it's showing up every day to your job if you're starting a small business, a lot of people say I couldn't do that because you know, I haven't got the the discipline. Mm. Um, and I don't think it's discipline. I think it's just all consistency. If you're, it doesn't matter what time of day you're doing it. If you're, uh, if I'm not here every day working like from Monday to Friday, then something's going to slip mm. and, uh, like the payback, I won't be as successful that week as I was the week before. Now being yeah. a cons- show up consistency. Secondly, uh, support I would say support is a huge factor in uh, running a business because you're taking a massive risk um, the biggest thing with uh, I think in myself is my mental health when I'm doing my job so because I'm sat here most of the day by myself but yet I'm being watched by a lot of people in my mind because I live in a very small town so I connotate my channel to you know a lot of people are actually like watching me and figuring me out and like expecting and you mm. know support from either your parents your wife or your friends is like a huge factor in that because they need to take you out of work mode which is what i call them in mean, work mode and they get you into being relaxed and your mental health can deteriorate very quick when you're striving for something and you're not seeing results mm. because the results that we want to see are one thing and the results that actually are another. So success is like calculated differently to every person. For instance, for me, lately, YouTube uh, is like going mental. I don't know if you know, but yeah. um, not. I'm not even talking about the freedom of speech stuff that's been going on, but my channel has been like, um, I would say, blacklisted from YouTube in a certain way because of the new recommendation system that's been going on. So you remember a few months ago when we got creepy guys looking at those kitty videos online? Yeah, yeah. Like, on YouTube, what they did is because there was a wormhole, they uh, the wormhole in the suggested and recommended videos where you couldn't get out of them. They've done something to the algorithm where channels like mine, and it's weird channels like mine and, you know, a few others, where their videos are not getting suggested anymore at the same rate. So everyone's, like, view counts have been halved like new videos it's insane so the mental health side to that is huge so that's why i say support because like i've been like talking to my partner manager my friends about how you know i'm putting out new content like i'm going like ham as i say you know on it i'm uploading every other day i'm doing live streams and doing everything that youtube wants just because i want to keep growing And I don't want to be stagnant on YouTube or feel like I've gone like I've lowered my view count or anything. So my wife has to support me in that and give me a different perspective. And it's the same with any business. If you're someone who is, you know, striving for results, your business and the stress of running a business and making money and paying the bills, um, to which I think it doesn't matter how much money you've got in your pocket. I think everyone's worried about that to some extent. Mm. It might be overwhelming. So it's important to have support so you can carry on. It's, so, it's important for someone to carry you sometimes and to direct your feet. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, oh. I'm talking a lot about that, but it's a massive thing for me. at the oh, moment.
0: it's huge. It's huge, man. So humility.
1: Something that you can fall into the trap of doing is when work goes well, you think you can relax and... Uh, That's a bit, of it's probably not humility, but stupidity in the sense of like, if I've just landed this huge client, now I can relax because like, you know, I don't have to worry about like, you know, (laughs) the bills this next year or whatever. Uh, It's all good. But you start to relax because you've done such a good job. Another example would be, you know someone tells you that you did something wrong on like a logo so i experience it a lot on my youtube channel where i get defensive i get so defensive about my work and Mm. because sometimes i'm proud about what i've done i've got this element of pride which is never a good thing and i'm honest about it because um i think everyone experiences it but if you don't have humility you'll never learn if you, if you get to the point of where you think you know it and that's it, you will never get higher than where you are now. Right. So in same in business, in any small business, if you think that, you know, you're in a, like, let's say you're in a corner shop and it's all going well. And like you're making like a few thousand pounds a month and it pays the bills really well comfortably. If you're there and you say, yeah, that's it. I've, I've reached the top of my little business. I, I sort of see that as a pride thing because we want to feel like success is bad there.
0: Mm-hmm. No,
1: to be hum- humble about it isn't to say I'm going to be the biggest business in the whole world, but to be humble about it is to realize that your expectations and the way that you do things and the way that other people are seeing you may not be the way that you see it. It's like two different... I think things are in really strange fashions and orders, but like that would be another reason. Just to keep you being humble to keep you level-headed so you can keep going like so you can keep excelling
0: dude that is so true and i imagine you know when like i said when i first started watching you your subscriber count was not very high because I, I for some reason i caught you super early on youtube
1: oh yeah but well, when
0: <laughs> like i like i said i mean four years five years ago wow that is that's ages ago dude Dude, seriously. And and it was Photoshop tutorials. No way. <laughs> yeah. And like screen recording, you know what I'm saying?
1: No um, it's
0: old. I know. That's why I'm kind of like uh, starstruck. So, <laughs> and then, <laughs> then you see a number, you know, like today, you, 340,000.
1: Yeah. It doesn't have the same impact on me as it does to others. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause,
0: like you said, because you're humble and... And I, no, I think,
1: it's because I'm proud. Like, I wow. think I, it's a really strange thing. I've got, it's not, I haven't got a wrong definition of humble, but like when you get to 300,000, I think you, you haven't, you, you're always wanting to get even higher. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm always like, oh, no, that's not high enough.
0: Oh, you know? God. I start it.
1: comparing. So I'm just like, oh, well, that's nothing, you know?
0: Oh, you keep striving and striving and striving for more and more and more.
1: Yeah, so there's never a place you get to where you're like, oh, yeah, I've done it. Aside from when I got the 100,000 play button from YouTube, that was cool.
0: That's a cool moment.
1: Yeah, it was a cool moment. But then I was like, right, on to 200,000. And it it happened super quick. And then um, 300,000, you know, kind of like just stick in there for a while and see how it goes.
0: (laughs) So before I ask my final question that I ask every guest that I have, how can everyone find you?
1: Oh, so you can find me, type in my name on Google and I'll pop up. Not the university, but you can find me on Google, like my website, which is willpatterson.design or YouTube. Just type in my name again. I don't know my handle for it anymore. It's like an old name. I think it's like Break Designs or something. I'm um, no kidding. Yeah, it's, I can't change it for some reason. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at willpat.
0: So here's my final question. I ask every guest, what object or thing that you own that is non-digital means the most to you or has impacted your life the most and why?
1: Oof, that's not digital. Not digital. It's got to be a pencil. A pencil? Yeah, I think a pencil. That's when I really realized when... Yeah, you because know, obviously you remember when I was doing those tutorials, I wasn't yeah. really drawing. Yeah, uh, it's when I started drawing that, oh, you know, my, my career sort of took a turn up. You know, it's when I realised that I've got another passion for hand lettering and logo design. You know, the ability to draw letters is a massive thing, and you know, a pencil can do so much. So, to me, whenever I've got one of them, even though I'm really talking about the Apple pencil right now, I mean, back then there was no such thing. So like as a pencil, like that's got a lot to do with me, you know, makes me, gives me the tingles.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm happy a pencil could give you the tingles. And thank you for uh, the content that you produce and being so open to coming onto the podcast. And I hope we can do this again sometime, Will.
1: Of course, anytime, just let us know and all good from there, man. Good to see you.
0: All right, friends. With that, we will call it a week. Again, I want to thank my guest and thank you for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening. Also, if you want to look behind the scenes and have even more design goodies in your face and in your ears, you can follow Experience Design on Instagram at xdpodcast. Until next time, friends, stay curious. Experience Design with Tony Dosat is part of XD Media, LLC. All opinions are my own and do not reflect those of my current or former employers. Hosting and publication of the podcast is through Buzzsprout.